Welcome to Silly History. I'm Matt Pekarski. I love funny stories, especially when they come from real life. I've compiled a long list of true tales that made me laugh, and now I want to share them with you. There's a lot of crazy stuff historical figures did or said, and yet we've never heard about them. History class would have been a lot more interesting with some of these sprinkled in here and there. Not that I ever disliked learning history. Hopefully there's at least a couple of yarns you haven't heard before. Let's hear one now. In July of 1807, Napoleon signed the Treaties of Tilsit, marking the end of the war between France and Russia, one of the many in which he engaged during the Napoleonic Wars. He decisively beat the Russian army in the Battle of Friedland one month prior, giving him geographical control over the majority of Europe. It was a huge win for Napoleon, who was still licking his wounds from being soundly defeated at sea, where the British Navy dominated and blocked him from conquering the Isles. The treaties were signed, and Napoleon wanted to celebrate the momentous occasion. He'd been away from home for over 300 days and was ready for some rest and relaxation. He wouldn't leave for war again until 1809. Like the rest of aristocratic society, Napoleon loved to hunt. He particularly liked the sound of a good old-fashioned rabbit hunt. So he tapped his second-in-command, Louis-Alexandre Berthier, to set the whole thing up. Berthier was a master of organization, possessing the ability to carry out any of Napoleon's directives with near perfection. He recently purchased a 600-acre estate just outside of Paris and leapt at the chance to entertain the emperor. Oddly enough, his estate lacked any present of the hopping critter, so he had them delivered, bringing in hundreds of rabbits, some say even thousands. Their cages were strategically placed along the perimeter of a large grassy field, with servants standing by, waiting for the signal to release Thumper's many ancestors. A luncheon was served prior to the hunt, with Napoleon and his cohorts soaking in the noonday sun. While everyone consumed their fair share of food and wine, Napoleon enjoyed the many accolades showered upon him over his stunning victory. So far, everything was going off without a hitch, and Berthier was feeling quite proud of himself. The men allowed some time for their stomachs to settle and their buzzes to fade. But then the hunt was on. They hopped into their carriages and rolled over to the clearing. Servants handed each man a rifle, and the signal to release the rabbits was given. Imagine a wave of soft, fluffy rabbits scurrying up and down the undulating field, like the thousands of screaming, battle-ready soldiers in an epic fantasy movie, who poured down the hillside in an onslaught toward the enemy. Napoleon and his entourage were highly amused by the spectacle at first, assuming that the rabbits hadn't seen them just yet. But then the men began to feel that something was wrong. The rabbits were now close enough to see all of them, and instead of running away, they continued to run toward them. The ground was covered in a layer of brown and white fur. The greatest military mind of the time found himself surrounded. He had no idea what to do. Shooting at them proved to be useless. Rabbits were climbing up his leg and into his jacket. As hard as he tried to remove them from his person, the rabbits kept on scaling the short-statured man. The only effective military strategy the fearless emperor could exercise was the retreat. He fled to his carriage with the bunnies in hot pursuit. They appeared to be quite familiar with Napoleon's wartime tactics because they separated themselves into two divisions, maneuvered around the rest of the hunting party, and made a beeline for the imperial coach. Once again, Napoleon was surrounded, hurling rabbits out of the carriage as they leapt in. Finally, 
His carriage was able to break through the horde and gallop away. Poor Bertier. He watched in horror as Napoleon fled the scene. The success of the entire outing hinged on this hunt. To be fair, the only reason the whole thing went awry was due to Bertier's one lazy and critical decision. As I mentioned before, the property lacked any level of occupancy by the species. Bertier resorted to stocking the field with rabbits from outside sources, but the sources were local rabbit farms. Unlike wild rabbits, which flee upon the sight, sound, and or smell of humans, farm-raised rabbits do just the opposite. They like and depend on their masters, since they are their primary source for food. When the rabbits saw Napoleon and company from afar, they immediately thought that the group was waiting to hand out snacks. They ran up to them in delight, even hopping into the emperor's coat and carriage, looking for a piece of carrot or lettuce leaf. Much to their disappointment, Bertier had also failed to meet their expectations. Thanks for listening. If you liked this episode, please subscribe, give it a five-star rating, and share with not one but two of your friends. If I haven't told your favorite silly story from history, send me an email at nightowlbroadcasting at gmail.com. Subject, Silly History Story. This is a Night Owl production and made possible thanks to donations by you, the listener.